This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Carbach Brewing Company presents Sports Talk 790 Astroline. Astroline. The official off-season show of Astros baseball. World Series champion! This is where we talk about your champs. Join the show. Post your questions and comments on social media. Just be sure to hashtag Astroline. Championship City. Live from Plucker's Wing Bar on Shepherd. Sports Talk 790 Astroline starts now. now. Live from Plucker's Wing Bar. You're listening to Astroline, brought to you by Carbock Brewing Company. Hi, everybody. I'm Steve Sparks, one of the Astros radio broadcasters. We've got a cool show tonight here at Plucker's. And it's one of the heroes of the World Championship 2017 Houston Astros, the 23-year-old third baseman, Alex Bregman. What's up, everybody? How we doing? We're good. Good. Hey, it's a treat, man. Coming in here, uh, I know you guys have been just painting the town. I mean, you guys have been going across the country. Tell me about some of the exploits. Where have you been since the Houston Astros parade? Where have you been? Wow, well, we, we kind of had a blast that night that we won. Uh, we had a giant team party, celebrated. With, Upstairs at the hotel. Oh, yeah, celebrated with everybody. I may or may not have been there. Yeah, I was supposed to. I was supposed to be on a. I, I don't know. I was supposed to be on a flight with Jose in the morning to go do a talk show. Uh huh. But I slept in a little bit. Really? Or, or I didn't go to sleep at all. Oh yeah. I went straight to the plane, headed uh, headed here for the parade, and then went straight up to New York. Um, went on Saturday Night Live, did um, Good Morning America, went and toured ESPN. So it's been it's been crazy a little bit, going everywhere, but it. After about a week, we kind of shut her down and started working out and getting ready to repeat in 2018. All right. Everybody wants to talk about when you go to the New York Stock Exchange and all these things. But for, for me, growing up on Saturday Night Live, I just want to hear a background story. What's going on in the scenes, the background scenes at Saturday Night Live in New York? So we're in one room. Miley Cyrus is next to us. Springer Altuve and I are trying to sneak over. To her? We're trying to sneak over there, but her security wouldn't let us in there. Really? <laughs> no, nah, she let us take a picture. But um, <laughs> but we we're in these back rooms and just watching watching kind of on TV with, with what's going on. And then we walk out into the set. They have three different uh, stages, and uh-huh. we we were waiting in the audience, listening to them during the practice run. And then and they go up. They gave you a little bit of a script on, on what to, you're going to. Oh go yeah. Out there. Yeah, they had, like, our cue cards by the TV, but I think Jose and, and George and I were too nervous, and we, and we just improvised. So. You just, <laughs> so we, you turned into Curb Your Enthusiasm right on the spot. Oh, yeah. We knew what we were supposed to say, but we kind of just improvised a little bit around it. And Leslie Jones, who did it with mm-hmm. us, she's hilarious. She yep. was great. So she took care of us. All right. What's some of the weirdest things that people have told you since you guys won the World Series? Mm-hmm. You come in contact. 
I mean, even even myself, I mean, we're, we're coming in contact. Everybody's still flying high about the world championships. Tell, tell me a couple of stories or what's the predominant theme of what people are telling you? Well, I wouldn't say too many. I haven't gotten too many weird stories. I've gotten more like, hey, here's a picture of our house that was flooded. Wow. We were, we were with our family watching the games every day, and it completely took our mind off of it, which was, which was really cool, really, yep. really great to hear. And I'm glad we were able to provide that for some people. For our guests here in the audience, Alex here at Pluckers Wing Bar at 1400 North Shepherd Drive, by the way, you can submit your questions to Astros Shooting Stars. Lauren Blackwell's here. She's the in-game host at Minute Maid Park. You see her on the big screen out there every night on the home games, and she'll ask, ask some of your questions live on the air tonight and also our social media manager, Danny Ferris, is here who will provide updates from fans on Twitter and also on Facebook from those using the Astroline. Uh, hashtag Astroline. Danny, it's also on Facebook Live, right? You got I, We got a camera right in our mug right here. We got a camera right in front of your face. It's on Facebook Live currently. Both of you guys, mm-hmm. and uh, a little bit of Boltsy action, too. Matt Boltz, so he's our uh, he's the guy that makes things happen. So, Matt Boltz, Happy New Year to you, Matt. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So, Alex is a world champion. You're 23 years old, and you always hear stories. And Dan Marino used to talk about this because he got to the Super Bowl so early in his career. Are people starting to talk to you about, hey, you can't expect this to happen year after year? Mm-hmm. I mean, as young as you are and as long as you're probably going to continue to play this game, I would imagine a guy like Brian McCann said, enjoy this. Oh, yeah. Everyone's saying enjoy it. This is special. But I'm telling them, why not? Why can't we keep winning all these? <laughs> so how many? Are we talking about a three-peat, four-peat? What, what's going on in the back what, what, did, what did LeBron say when he went to Miami? He was like, not two, not three, not yeah. four, not five, not six. Hopefully yeah. hopefully we turn this into – hopefully we turn this into – the place to the place to play in the big leagues. In your mind, what makes this such a good place to play? Well, I think first off, it starts with the with the ownership. They do a great job. Our front office does an unbelievable job. The staff, the support staff, and just they 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 draft quality quality guys. I all my teammates are amazing people, and they're fun to be around. Mm-hmm. They they work extremely hard, and they they want to win. And I think everybody in this organization from top to bottom just wants to win, and that's, that's, that's the kind of organization you want to play for. And then again, we also have the best fans in baseball too, so that's pretty special. We do to play have great of. fans. <laughs> and they waited a while. They're patient fans, 56 years to get their first title. And Alex, uh, second pick in the draft three years ago, what did you know about Houston, Texas at that time? You went to school up the road in Baton Rouge. But what did you know about Houston? Yeah, I was I was spoiled. I went to LSU, and we actually got to play in Minute Maid for the Shriners uh, Children's Hospital College Classic, and um, it was a bunch of bunch of fun as a college kid getting to play in a big league stadium was really cool. So I got to come here, play at Minute Maid, and actually I think I, I think I played decently well that you did that that trip. So I was did you hoping, get the I was hoping, Crawford boxes? No, I didn't, but I I don't remember. Actually, I might have, but I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I think I played well, and I was hoping that the Astros would take me because it would be perfect right in between Albuquerque and mm. Louisiana, and it ended up working out. You know what? Both of your parents have been big baseball fans, and you often often laud them for their encouragement and their support throughout your life, and your mom took you to all those tournaments when you were in high school, and mm-hmm. she was behind you all the way. What have they meant to you, and what's this been like since you guys have been uh, World Series championship uh, champions for them? Oh, it's been so special for them. They've 
They've had so much fun. Um, but it's just. Did they get a chance to go to a lot of the postseason games? They went to every single they, postseason every game. Every one. Actually, my dad missed two. My mom went up to Boston, and then they both were at the Yankees and uh, Dodgers series. But I'll tell you, it's so, spe- so special to have them there, um, the sacrifices they've made yeah. um, since I was a little kid. And, you know, my mom now thinks she's famous because every time Correa's wedding proposal's on, she's in the background. Is she really? Oh my she's God, in the background. Oh, my God. And my dad's like. They just won the World Series. Who cares? Let's, let's lock in on them celebrating the World Series. But yeah, my mom's great. like, I'm famous now. I'm in the background of this proposal. She's in, so. she's in the background. So did you know that Carlos was going to propose after that game? Oh, yeah. All of us did. We all did. He told everybody. and So we, how, how did he tell you guys? He, he told said, you hey, kind of one-on-one, or did he, he said, tell you guys in front of No, he said, hey, if we win, uh, do you guys mind if I propose? And we are like, when we win, go for it. You're good because we're, we're going to win. Okay, so you and I were on the caravan so earlier So get that today. ring ready. Get that. You told him to get that ring ready? Yeah, so get your ring ready. We're going to win. That's it? All right. Yeah. What if they lost? What was he going to do? I don't know. Probably break up with her. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Okay, you and I uh, were hanging out at the caravan today. We went to a couple of hospitals. We went to a fire station today. And uh, we're talking about what this team's capabilities are. And you're talking about some things that you're working on specifically. You're not satisfied with what you've been able to do so far as a major leaguer. Share with us a little bit on, on what you feel like you can improve upon, and, and specifically with the, the power. Yeah, um, I completely changed my diet, um, my eating habits, my workouts, um, flexibility, mobility. Um, all four of those have been just a huge focus of this offseason. And you only me, took a me. week off after the World Series, right? Yeah, I took, took one week off and got right back after it because I, I, wasn't, I wasn't really satisfied. Um, I feel like I can improve a lot um, driving the baseball. If Altuve's 5'6 and can hit a ball at the center field, I should be able to do the same thing, I told myself. So I decided that uh, I'm going to work on getting my core a lot stronger. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been fun. It's been a great offseason. I've never felt better in my life. When you talk about your core – and a lot of times, when, if you're talking about a younger hitter, a lot of times they're using just their upper body. And when your core stronger, you can incorporate your lower body. It's that link that mm-hmm. gets you to some of that power. What are you tapping into to, to make sure that that core lets you incorporate your legs? Yeah, well, um, we were talking about earlier how I'm trying, to, I'm trying to set up my hips correctly. If you see how Altuve sets up his hips or some of these other guys, they set up their hips in a position to where they can have a – clean bat path through the hitting zone and be consistent with it so i'm really trying to set up my hips in the right way so that way my hip stays closed instead of spins off the baseball Mm. so if it spins off the baseball that makes what happen to your bat you're going to miss high and right and low and left so you're going to if 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 your front hip spins you're going to fly out to right field a lot or hit a lot of ground balls to the pull side which i don't want to do i want to do the opposite i want to hit low line drives the other way and the Crawford boxes. We saw the DVD of the World Series highlights, and one thing that kind of caught my eye was the third base coach for the Dodgers mentioning something to you. He said, "What do you? What's the deal, man? You only you only go deep off the the All Stars, the the best <laughs> pitchers in the world. Twice off Chris Sale, once off Kenley Jansen, once off Clayton Kershaw. What is it about those pitchers you're able to lock in and take them deep? I don't know. I just." When I'm facing guys like Kershaw or Jansen or Sale or anybody like that. You lock in more mentally? Maybe a little bit. Maybe you're a little bit more focused. But I think the biggest thing is just not even, like, pretending there's no name on the back of the jersey and going in there and just saying, hey, I'm at the same level these dudes are at. I can compete. I can compete and go get them. We're going to play some uh, 
some highlights from some of that stuff. But one thing that I heard in the clubhouse, I think, or maybe you told me toward uh, some portion during this, the playoffs, was that you were sitting on a change-up from sale at one point, the one at Fenway Park, right? Yeah, so I actually got... I actually got blown up a little bit on, on TV is, for this. but This is so hard to sit on a changeup from a dude that throws like that. Yeah. he throws. I mean, he throws 97, but I remember actually the, Chris Sale was the first guy I faced in spring training last year. And he started me off with a changeup then, went back to the fastball, fastball, and then another changeup. So I knew that. And he, how he pitched me in that spring training at bat was the exact way he pitched me that game. But. On TV, they kind of blew me up. They said, oh, look at Bregman. He's acting real cocky in the box against Sale. But he threw me a fastball that was about an inch off the plate. In or away? Away. Yeah. Down and away. And I was shaking my head because I was hoping that he would think, I, like, I was sitting on fastball and I thought it was a ball. But I was sitting change up the entire time. But and you were trying uh, to deke him into yeah, thinking you were I was looking trying to, I was trying to deke him, and the announcer was like, oh, look at Bregman. He's really cocky right now in the box, <laughs> shaking his head at Chris Sale, who just led the world in strikeouts. And I was really just trying to throw a little deke in there and yeah uh, you end up getting a change up man ended up getting i don't him. know how in the world a guy 23 years old can sit on a change up from a lefty that throws like that but you did it and that was one of the biggest home runs of the entire postseason so we're going to talk a lot more here with alex redmond you're listening to astro line they're presented by carbock brewing company check them out at carbockbrewing.com we'll be back with alex bregman right after this on the houston astros radio Network. Justin Verlander saying before the game, when you talk about Alex Bregman, you instantly say he's a baseball player. That's the best compliment you can give. You're a, you're a baseball player. It means you're complete. First pitch. And Alex lines this in the left center field. That's a base hit. Fisher around third and coming home. Ethier off with the baseball. The throw to the plate. Not in time. Astros win. Astros win. Alex Bregman comes through with a walk-off RBI single. And the Astros win 13-12 in 10. They lead the World Series three games to two. He's a baseball player. Alex Bregman, first pitch. Emotional night in extra innings, 13 to 12, and the Astros go back to Cali with the lead, and Justin Verlander takes the hill. The Astros get the last big hit, and they are now one win away from a championship. Well, I don't think I've seen a better game in my entire life. I know, Alex, you're only 23 years old. Uh, I've been around this for a little bit. That's probably the best game you've ever seen or been a part of. Oh, my favorite game ever. It was a blast. Favorite game? Why wouldn't it be? You actually, got the game, game winner. Actually, game seven was more special because we won the whole thing. But game five was game five, was an all-timer. Man. Just all the emotions. Five hours and 17 minutes of just drama, punches thrown in, in, in both teams. Both teams are great, That was a way. great call, by the way, too. You and you and Ford sound really good. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Man, we had a lot of fun. Uh, and you guys made it easy and made it a lot of fun because uh, two teams that were on top of their games, two really equally talented teams just going after it. And I mean, just, it just made things that much better. And, and when you consider that the team went through Boston, New York, and L.A. in one First game time seven, ever. Yeah. And to go the distance and win on the road in game seven, man, you can't draw it up any better. Oh, it was beautiful. It was just a it was storybook. How many times are you going to relive that moment? Game five. Uh, was, the, the, I think the YouTube link has like a million hits or something. I think I'm really like 900,000 of them. <laughs> do you, how often do you watch it? Seriously, you do, all right? All the time, yeah. Well, my little brother, every time I come 
come back to Albuquerque. He's always playing it around the house everywhere I go. He's he was he was at the game with along with like probably 20 of my family and friends, and it was the actually the first game that his school let him out for uh, was Game Five. His school, How about that? yes, he, he had to. He goes to a strict private school back in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I went there too, but anyway, he uh, that was the only game they let him come to. So he was he he'll never forget it. None of us will either. And we're by the way. You're listening to Ashline. We're here at Plucker's Wing Bar. It's brought to you by Carbach Brewing Company. Uh, Lauren Blackwell, who's the in-game host at Minute Maid Park, has a couple of questions for you, one in particular about one of your foundations. Yeah, Alex, we saw a beautiful story about your godson during the postseason. Um, can you talk a little bit about your relationship with him? Um, and Gail wants you to talk a little bit about your autism foundation. Yeah. Um, well, this year, actually, we just started. Um, it's called ABs for Odds, um, and it's supporting autism and, and Down syndrome. And um, my godson back in Albuquerque um, was diagnosed four years ago. He's four now. His name is Brady, and it's, it's it, he's so special. He's such a special person in my life, and you know, I Facetime him probably. Four times, five times a week. Wow. When, whenever we're on the road, he's always calling me before the games, and just to see his smile and his just his eyes light up means the world to me. And to be able to help him and help kids all over the United States that have autism is, is special. We actually threw a baseball camp out here at um, the Marucci facility here, and we had 120 kids sign up, and we're going to be able to de- donate. What we do is we donate iPads to schools with. Uh, that help kids with autism. So we're going to be able to donate a bunch of iPads to help those kids out, and uh, it's going to be special. How can people find out about those clinics? Um, that, that will probably be the only one we do this year. We're going to actually have some uh, different events during the season, though, some some dinners and stuff around the country. So it should be, should be good, and um, hopefully we'll be able to impact a lot of lives and bring awareness to it. You and Jake Marisna got a chance to do some things up in New York with some of the kids with autism and, and things of that nature with MLB. Uh, tell, tell everybody about that. And that kind of kind of stroked you to kind of go in that direction, right? It definitely did. Um, it, was, it was, first off, it was very, it hit home with me because my godson had autism, but MLB, when we were playing the Yankees, had us up in New York, and we were able to spend time with... Um, Probably 80 kids out, uh, out at one of the fields um, in, in the city, and we were able to pitch to them, play catch with them. Just, just to see their joy. Oh, just to see the smile on their faces. Mm-hmm. It, makes, it makes it all worth it. A um, little, pers- little perspective as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. When, when you have this kind of platform and you're able to reach uh, a lot of people, you have to use it in the right way. And, um, we, MLB does a great job of putting us in positions to do that, like helping those kids out. If you want to reach out to Alex Bregman, hashtag Asherline on social media, and our social media manager, Danny Ferris, is here with us. You've got a couple of questions, Danny? Yeah, first of all, we have a comment from the legendary broadcaster Bill Brown about Sparky. He uh, wanted to note uh, how much water you were drinking and how much it helps you be a better broadcaster. Thank you. Uh, Thanks, Bill. <laughs> I appreciate that. For, um, for for Bregman, there's there's a lot of, Bregman, will you be my date to this upcoming wedding? Uh, Bregman, are you single? Can you please speak in Spanish? Uh, because they like your accent, apparently. But uh, a real question that came through was, uh, you obviously had a quick rise through the minors. What was your favorite stop um, along that way? 
Well, hopefully I don't offend anybody, but you my know what? favorite. You, you didn't spend a whole lot of time at any stop. Exactly. So we spent, I spent a month in Quad Cities, a month in Lancaster, two months in Corpus, and then about 15 or so days in Fresno. What was your favorite? Had to be Corpus. I was there the longest. <laughs> so. You were there the longest, but Corpus is fantastic. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's the best. They've it's, got it's a great stadium. They've got a great staff, and it, it's just a phenomenal. It's a good league too. First, they run. They run a first first class double A. They do down there. It's first class, and uh, it is a good league. It's. I think that's probably the biggest step from high to double A in the minor leagues. Um, I think that's the biggest step and until, what, of course, you jump to the big leagues. What did you notice at that level that was uh, it was kind of a big jump? Some of the guys throwing, breaking stuff behind in the count and things yeah, like that? Yeah, the, the sliders are a little tighter. they got to put them wherever they want them for the most part. And guys throw, guys throw a lot harder. And They throw a lot harder oh in double A? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, a, it's just a... It's a little. It's a little bit of a step up, and then once you get to AAA, it's more of the veteran presence that you guys know what they're doing, little pitch ability, maybe not throwing as hard, but they they know how to get outs. And then when you get to the big leagues, it's guys that know how to get outs and have the best stuff in the world. Now, Danny mentioned uh, your ability to speak Spanish, and you're doing some stuff, and uh, we've seen some stuff online about. Mm-hmm. You're teaching some kids some white dude Spanish lessons. I'm thinking about starting my own TV show. We'll see what happens. We're figuring so it out. So what does that entail, really? Oh, well, it took it, that that video actually took a little while to shoot. We were MLB had uh, uh, Me Too people come into town, and um, so is this where the the term Spanglish comes from? I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm learning. I'm there's a lot better. of guys who are trying to get better. Who are going into a clubhouse and trying to speak to some of the Spanish guys or the Latin guys. On the team, have a lot of broken Spanish. Yeah. You broken talked about too. you're broken too, but you said you work really hard on your tenses, when your conjugations and things like that, where you don't you don't sound so bad. Gringo. Yeah, let's say I got you. Right. Well, growing up, I I, I started learning vocab from like eight to eighteen, and okay. um, so you know a lot of Spanish. Know words. a lot of Spanish words. Know what they mean. You know um, a lot of slang. Oh, yeah, now I know a lot more slang than, I, <laughs> than I'm allowed to say on air. But uh, being around Marwin, oh, gosh. I'm That's got to be a lot of slang from Marwin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Him, even Altuve, yeah. everybody. But um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good time being able to talk to them in Spanish. I know Beltran even said, he's like, hey, I appreciate you trying to make an effort and speak Spanish. And you know what? I, I learned a lot. They told me that all the guys – all the Spanish-speaking guys told me that they need to hook me up with a Latina girl yeah. because that's how I really learned Spanish. So to answer your question from earlier, I am single. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, she got 17 candidates right here. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we got to see. We got to see what Twyla says. But we were talking about doing like a, a date thing. We'll figure it out. Yep. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Okay, w- when you're going in there and you're speaking Spanish, and this is what I think about Alex when you're doing this. When you're hit in a hitting group, and if a lot of people don't haven't seen batting practice before a major league game, you see four or five guys in a group. They're hitting, and a lot of times you're with Altuve. You might be with Marwin. You might be with Correa. And you got an opportunity to get better and learn things from each other. Why wouldn't you learn Spanish and, and being able to have good conversations and not miss out on anything? 100%. It started – It started. The, re, the whole way this started was Marwin, Altuve, Correa, Yuli, and I are all in the infield taking ground balls so then after that we, we go to hit bp and all of us are hanging hanging around and they're speaking ha- uh 50 of the yeah half the time in, in english half in spanish and the 
probably day four of us saying it. I heard them say my name, and then they were talking in Spanish, and I was like, oh, I know what that means. So then when we were walking, when we were walking away, I, I was like, hey, so you guys didn't want to just say that in English because I knew everything you were saying. And they were like, oh, he knows, he knows Spanish. Yeah. And then started a bromance. <laughs> you know, they have to respect that. So that's what I love about it. And I've told some catchers, some young catchers, I mean, why wouldn't you learn Spanish? You're going to get a lot of instant credibility from your pitchers, especially your Latin pitchers, if, if you learn and mm-hmm. they know that you're in their corner for that. Tell mm-hmm. me about Yuli, Yuli Eski Gariel. He's, kind of, he's kind of the mystery guy because he doesn't speak a lot of English around other people. He may speak more so than I know about. We've been going back and forth. I've been trying to teach him English. He's been trying to teach me Spanish. But he's so. super chill, right? Oh, he's, Yuli's, probably, Yuli's probably the nicest teammate on our team. If you walk he around, looks like he's about to fall asleep all the time. All the time. Yeah. He's mucho viejo. Yeah. So that Cansado. means very old. Yeah. He's very tired all the time. He always <laughs> says when his hair isn't completely spiked up, uh, la piña cansado. Yeah. Liquidao, he says. It's a different, different So the word. pineapple's tired. So tell me what he's like. He's a great guy. You said he's one of the nicest if, guys if on you the team. Pulled, if you polled our team and said, hey, who's the nicest guy on our team? I don't know, what is it, 40? 40 man roster? Mm-hmm. 40 out of 40 guys say Yuli Gurriel. Really? Yeah. So the whole thing during the World Series, he wasn't even he was even, he wasn't even talking about that. It's a, it's different. But anyway, mm-hmm. he's he's the best teammate I've ever had. Nice That's guy. That's awesome. That's good to hear. I mean, we, he's become such a fan favorite too and uh, the clutch nature of his hits. I'll tell you this, the best thing, if you watch the World Series documentary, it's sl- it slow-mos this, but when he hits the home run off Kershaw, mm-hmm. he looks into the dugout right after he right after he hits it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you were crying during that point. Me too. I was crying watching you the cried, documentary. You cried, Lauren? So I watched the documentary for the first time yesterday, uh-huh. and I was fortunate enough to travel all of postseason, so I saw it all firsthand. But watching that just kind of, it made me super emotional. And the, I had my first breakdown last night when I saw Yuli's home run. So he hit that home run, and if, if they slow-mo it from the side, and you see his face, he looks at the dugout, but it was like, that was easy. I do this all the time. <laughs> and, he just started, and he just started jogging to first base, and it was, the, it was the best facial expression I've ever seen. Free run, Jack. You off, guys, off Clayton Kershaw in the World Clayton Series Kershaw. to tie the game. He had a 4 to nothing lead, and he coughed it up. Unbelievable. You guys, that, that's, that was just remarkable what you guys were able to do. Hey, the Astros' spring opener gets underway in just 43 days now. That's on February 23rd at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches, which is fantastic, by the way. Make your plans to see the World Series champion Houston Astros in West Palm Beach, Florida. All there is to see and do visit thepalmbeaches.com. You're listening to Astro Line, presented by Carbach Brewing Company. Check them out at carbachbrewing.com. We'll be right back with Alex Bregman, the third baseman for the Astros, right after this on the Houston Astros Radio Network. With the second selection of the 2015 MLB Draft, the Houston Astros select Alex Bregman, a shortstop from Louisiana State University in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Here's the defense for the Astros. Bregman's at third, Correa at short, Altuve playing second base, Valbuena at first, and Jason Castro back there behind the plate. Now it's Carlos Beltran, 10th in the American League with a 305 average. First pitch by Keuchel, and Beltran hits it hard. Two and left, Bregman on one hop, he fields, and throws the first in time. Bregman getting his first big league chance, and that'll do it for the Yankees. Round ball up the third baseline, backhanded by Bregman, off-balance throw to first, and it's in time. 
tough play for the rookie in his Major League debut, but he made it look easy. That's a sparkler right there. The adjustment he made with his feet to come get that one and get that easier short hop. Excellent defensive work at a new position right there for Bregman. Next pitch is lifted right field pretty deep. Over toward the line goes Piscotti toward the corner, and that's gone! Alex Bregman, a two-run home run. His first home run as a big leaguer, and the Astros tie it at two. And he goes oppo to do it. Show off that power. Welcome back to Plucker's Wing Bar. You're listening to Astroline. I'm Steve Sparks with Alex Bregman, the Astros' third baseman. And, of course, Astroline is brought to you by Carbock Brewing Company. Pretty cool to hear some of those stat lines. You, you, you get your first major league home run against the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, I want to tell you something that Evan Gaddis told me about you your first major league spring training. And I asked him, and he was in the same hitting group with you guys, were you know, making your wheels around some of the backfields at, at, uh, back when it was in Kissimmee. And he was saying, Bregman is shocking me right now because he's not putting the ball on the barrel, and he's mishitting some of these balls, and they're still going to the fence. <laughs> and he's not a very big guy, but he's got some real power. Where does that power come from? I don't know. You really don't know? I have no idea. You had it early. I mean, you had it in high school. I know, but I was also playing in Albuquerque where it's elevation like crazy, and then you oh, yeah. you, you pop a ball up and it goes out there. But um, I don't know. It just I think honestly, in college, I really tried to hit the ball on the ground a lot more early and swing early down through the ball. Yeah, swing down and hit low low line drives, ground balls, and then all of a sudden, I, when I got in a pro ball, the Astros said, "Hey, no, we want you to hit fly balls and balls in the air and line drives." And, Started trying to hit home runs, and they started coming. I know there's a lot of guys from the New Mexico area that have a, a bit of a chip on their shoulder. to feel like the, the kind of the overlooked type of guys, but there's been a lot of good ball players, different sports coming from New Mexico. And you were a bat boy for the University of New Mexico, and you had a kid come into town with Arizona State University. You got a chance to see somebody that you wanted to pattern your baseball career or whatever after this guy tell me about that yeah i had no idea who he was at first i was bat boying for the lobos i was probably nine years old and, okay uh, a guy named dustin pedroia was playing for arizona state and i was sitting there watching him play and they're up by like 15 against the lobos they're blowing them out asu's ranked top five in the country and pedroia hits a ground ball to shortstop he should be out by a mile but he's busting his butt down the line dives head first and he <laughs> sees the throw go up see a little five six guy in like dirt dust everywhere just a gamer yeah and um i was like wow i like that guy he's probably my favorite player on the field right now started following his career next thing you know he's in the big leagues with the red Sox, and he starts off terrible his first year that's right he's hit he, he he's hitting like 118 sounds familiar and he tells everybody he's like <laughs> yeah it does <laughs> and he tell and he tells everybody he's like just wait yeah just wait i'm gonna kill it and then it was the sure laser enough. show. Then it was the laser show. Did you ever get a chance to talk to him? I did a little bit. Um, you know, he's really good friends with Alex Cora, who was our bench coach. So Cora introduced me to him. Mm. And, I, and we, we played him, uh, I want to say, ten games against him this year. So I got to say I got to say hello to him a few times. And it's really Any, cool. Anything stick out? Did you tell him you, you were the bat boy for UNM back then? I told him I bat boyed against him, and he's like, wow, I feel old. Shut up, Rook. <laughs> <laughs> that was about it. No, he's, he's awesome. He's a great dude. He, he, was, he, he was always very nice and um, really 
down-to-earth guy. I want to ask you about something. Alex Cora, who was the bench coach for you guys this past season, did a great job. He gets the managerial job with the Boston Red Sox. Alonzo Powell, who is the assistant hitting coach for you guys, gets the head hitting coach position with San Francisco. Those guys are going to be missed. Oh, they're definitely going to be missed. Cora was unbelievable, so so good. He knew he knew the game inside and out, and Alonzo as well. Alonzo and, and Hudge did a great job with our hitters this last year. I Tell think. me a personal anecdote, of, maybe of Alex Cora and how he really touched what you were doing during the course of the season. You remember anything specific? He helped me in every phase of the game, every single phase of the game. I seemed like a common influence. Oh yeah, I was I was in spring training and I my arm was killing me. I had no idea where the ball was going, and we went and looked at video and figured out that I needed to drop down a little bit and throw from a lower arm slot. And since then, it, it worked out. Um, and he recognized that. He, he, he just recognized noticed it right it was away. coming through naturally. Yeah, he said, "Hey, let's let's try throwing from a little bit lower," and all of a sudden started hitting Yuli in the chest. And um, he made an impact with the scouting stuff too. He noticed things whether. A pitcher's front foot's open or closed, whether or not he's going to pick off or go to the plate. And mm-hmm. We took those things into into the games. Uh, for example, game seven, I never would have stole third off Darvish if I didn't have a little. If I didn't have a he little, he had a little tell. Little tell. So, um, it's just the homework and the preparation that he did was special, and uh, we're going to be missing him along with Alonzo. Alonzo. Lonzo was in the cage with us since one one at one p.m. every single day. We show up to the field at. 12:31, and we're down there hitting with with Zoe. And um, you're saying we? Who's there that early? You're one of them. Well, I know that. Um, McCann's there early. McCann's there super early, doing his homework. Marisnik's there super early. Because mm-hmm. um, I came in on the first bus your rookie year, and I think we were in Baltimore. You're already there. You're already. Your, your clothes are already wet because you've been sweating. You've already been hitting and doing whatever, maybe taking some ground balls. And the first bus comes in, and a couple of the players are ragging on you for yeah, pretty Springer, much. Springer, always. Springer. <laughs> he's always I wasn't even going to say his name, yeah. but he's ragging you for being there so early. Yeah. said, so just relax, rookie, you know, oh, whatever yeah. it is. But it didn't phase you. Not at all. It doesn't phase you because that's be the, what you enjoy doing, right? Oh, that's what I love. i got to be the first guy there and the last one to leave. I Are you that way? I mean, mentally, yeah. you, you feel like you have to be the first one there? I feel like I do. I feel like I'm late if I'm not. So when we're on the road, we're McCann and I or Jake and I or some of the – there's a lot of guys that get there early. Even Altuve gets there really early on the road. Mm-hmm. And um, just we'll, we'll all catch an Uber together before the first bus and get there and – whether we go look at video or go hit together, it's it's a good time. Uh, there's a lot of guys that really want to be successful, and that's why our team's good. Everyone wants to get better. Everyone's not satisfied. Altuve is going to come back after winning the MVP this year and be like, I stink. I need to get way better. The, the one thing that impressed me the most about Jose Altuve is after he signed a multi-year deal, he may, he may have come in in the best shape of his entire life. He worked harder than anybody we've seen in, in the last four or five years after he signed that security deal. And I think you're that type of guy, too. I mean, I don't think it has anything to do with the money. You want to be the best no matter what. You're dang right. I want want to be as best as I possibly can at this game and hopefully win as many championships here in Houston as I can. It's fun, isn't it? Oh, it's a blast. There's nothing like it. Well, we're here with Alex Brevin. We have one more segment. You're listening to Astroline, presented by Carbock Brewing Company. We'll be back for our final segment with Alex Bregman after this on your Houston Astros radio network. 
was Bregman who popped one into the Landry's Crawford boxes in game one of the division series off of sale. Got things going for the Astros and en route to that 8-2 win. Here's the 2-1. And Bregman hits it high in the air and deep to left field. And that ball is gone! Over the monster and onto the monster seats! That's a game-tying home run for Alex Bregman. 3-3! Three three. Boy, he is a big-time player, Alex Bregman. Second time he's taken tail deep in this series, and none bigger than that in his entire career for Alex Bregman to tie it up for Houston here in the eighth off of sale. Pretty darn big home run right there, Alex Bregman. <laughs> Chris Sale, you guys didn't want fun. to come back home and play them game five. No. We, we knew we had Verlander on the mound, and we needed to win that one. You're listening to Astro Line, brought to you by Carbot Brewing Company. We're at the Shepherd location for Plucker's Wing Bar, and Danny Ferris, the social media manager for the Astros, has a question for you, Alex. Yeah, first of all, a lot of people excited that you're single, so shout out to those people mm. out there. Um, I'm excited. There's a lot of LSU fans in the, uh, in the chat here, and they, they want to know what was your favorite memory from Alex Box? My favorite memory from Alex Box. That's a great um, facility there, right? Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable first-class uh, facility. My favorite memory probably was beating Oklahoma. Jonathan Gray actually wow. is with the yep. Rockies now. Sure. Beating them to go to the College World Series my freshman year was really cool. Really, they. I mean, if he was a beast in college. Oh, my God. He's throwing 100. The first time I've ever seen 100 miles an hour in my life. Mm. We're... we're uh, I mean, every single every single seat is has a button at, at Alex Box. It is sold out, standing room only, and it's just a special place. How bad did you guys beat Jonathan Gray that day? One nothing. We had Aaron Nola pitching. Really? We actually beat the Astros this year. He pitches in, for the Phillies. Oh yeah. How'd you do against Nola in that game? No, for I I did. Didn't uh, you guys? Didn't you faced against Nola in, in Philly, right? I was out. Were you out? I had a, I had a, I tweaked my hammy for one day. I was out for a you day. You missed seven games all year, and you missed Aaron Nola. Yeah, well, they said that they, all my teammates were giving me, giving me a hard time saying I was ducking my college teammate, trying not to face him. <laughs> but I think you were too. I, I wasn't. I promise. <laughs> I was hot at that time, actually. Hey, real quick, we, we'd like to welcome, welcome in our listeners from the sparkling city by the sea on our, our most tenured affiliation. Station in Corpus Christi, 1230 AM Sports Radio. Thank you for your partnership and for carrying the Astros for over 50 years here on the Houston Astros Radio Network. So that's almost the duration for the Astros out in Corpus Christi. So big hats off to those guys. I hear you're a great chess player. Is that is that overstating things? Well, I was the I was the New Mexico chess champion when I was growing up in high school. So. New Mexico chess champion in high school. What does that entail? So, is there so a big tournament? And you yeah, guys like there's, uh, there's a state tournament, and it's like you play until you lose. Tell me the setup. There's about I don't know a few hundred kids, and you just play until you lose. And, and you, you just go me, down the line. It was me against the senator's kid in the final. Really? Something, yeah. What was his name? I don't even remember. Do you have a patented move to start things off? I don't. I don't even. I would get beat if I played right now. So you it's played against your mom a lot, right? My mom. My mom grew up. She teach, She taught me how to play, and she would never let me beat her at anything. Whether it was basketball, chess, we were throwing a ball in the backyard. She was trying to strike me out, and she never let me beat beat her until I was good enough to. So with chess, I finally beat her. I think when I was like seventh grade, and I was like, all right, I got it. So then she. So then I went out and. 
kind of tried out for the chess team, and then you play a thing called like rate, ranked, rated matches or whatever yeah. around the state and for different whatever school you're at, and then you play in the state tournament. Were you in a chess club? Oh yeah, that's a, that's what it is. Like okay. a chess club, and I didn't lose ever. So, you, setting <laughs> off, staying away from chess for just a little bit, you feel like you'll be rusty. Oh my God, that's I the way get, things go in chess. I would, get beat, I would get beat immediately. Just like you don't feel like you're as sharp in chess right now as you should be. No, same thing with ping pong. Altuve, Altuve is the best ping pong player in our clubhouse. Uh-huh. He took three weeks off and got beat a few times. By who? Me, McCullers, and uh, I want to say Skip. I think AJ's pretty, really pretty, AJ's good. He's pretty good. We're about to find out in spring training. We always have a, we have a ping pong table right by the right by the clubhouse, and Altuve Altuve is the best. I, I will say that he's unbelievable. Real quick, he's good Outs- at everything. Outside of sucking up, tell me about AJ Hitch. Just be normal. He just, just just say what you mean. Is he listening right now? Okay. Uh, he's not listening. He uh, he hates me. AJ AJ is like a, the AJ believes in his players more than anybody. Like I got called up. My first at bat, I was getting a standing ovation. By game ten, I was like, "Boo!" Send him back down to the minor league. That was He's my wife. I know it was her. <laughs> I was just tell I was just telling her that she was booing me. Game ten. Yeah. But um, she's a front runner. Yeah. <laughs> so seriously, I mean, but, but AJ's, AJ's got AJ, your back. AJ's like, no, nah, I know, I know you're struggling right now, but I believe in you. I think you're one of the better hitters on the team. I'm moving you up to the two hole. Mm. And you're batting seventh or eighth. Yeah. How hard is that on your psyche coming into a major league team and? You've been used to hitting third, whatever, your whole life, right? Yeah. I, You're I was, hitting ninth. Yeah, I was hitting – I think I came up my first game, I hit sixth, and then the next, like, six – A couple games in the playoffs, you hit seventh or eighth, right? Yeah, early on. Boston. And then, yeah, against Boston, and then against the Yankees and Dodgers, I uh, hit second every game. And I don't know. I feel comfortable hitting second. Um, I like getting that many at-bats. What do you think you can improve on? Every phase of the game. I get that, but what do you want to improve on? I want to I want to, I want to be one of the – Best players in the game. I want to be power. You think you can start lifting some balls and? I think so. I think I think improve. I think improve uh, power numbers. I think maybe run more too. Steal more bases. Um, I, I want to ask you about that real quick. It seems to me like there's sometimes that players around the league start to back off running because they want to conserve their body. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Hundred percent fair. When I. 2015, I tweaked my hammy a little bit, and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to steal any more bases this year. I'm just going to try and hit. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, but in order to stay healthy, stay on the field. Oh, you sometimes running is a liability. It is. It's tough. On, it, it's it even doesn't seem that tough. Possible. Everyone, everyone's like, oh, you play baseball. You go stand at third base for for nine innings, and you get one ground ball or two ground balls. But you're locked in on every pitch, and you're. You're cold a lot of the time. Then you have to burst and make it that first quick step. And you're it's a lot of strain on your hammies, oh, and your quads, and your calves. Everything, hips. So it's it's very important that you keep your body in, in tip-top or, uh, shape throughout the whole season. Lauren, you got anything else? Yeah, Alex, we talked about when you played at Alex Box, how there's someone in every seat. Uh, that place is packed all the time. How would you compare the crowd and the noise at Alex Box, and then at Minute Maid, how crazy it gets at Minute Maid during the postseason. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, game one of the playoffs, we're playing the Red Sox, and we're all everyone on our team's fired up. It's the postseason. A few guys have been in there before. They played in the wild card game and then played against Kansas City in 2015. But for those of us that have never been on a playoff team, um, 
We were like, this is going to be awesome. It's going to be crazy. And it was ten times as cool as anything I've ever seen. We got we got in um, to the stadium, and there was no seat empty. And it was like you get the chills immediately when you run out there. And then they, they play the national anthem, and we're doing our whole deal, and everybody's going crazy, chanting, like, let's go Strohs, back and forth. And it it was just it was special. And then start to get the goosebumps. Start to get the goosebumps, and then fl- flash forward a week, and we're playing the Yankees, and it's even ten times that. Mm. And then Yankee Stadium gives it its best try to match match Minute Maid, and they're they're pretty loud. But uh, we came back for the World Series, and that was the loudest I've ever heard a ballpark in my entire life. Want to ask you real quick? We're running out of time. Alex Bregman, after Game Five at Yankee Stadium, you guys lost three in a row. Your backs were against the wall. I'm sure dead silence in the clubhouse. Tell me about that scenario and what took place. Yeah. Um, Beltron talked to us a little bit. The skipper talked to us a little bit. And pretty short and sweet? Oh, pretty short and sweet. Just like, hey, remember what got us here? We we should be uh, we should be very confident going back home to play these games. We what did that do our... for your psyche? Did you, did you believe what they were saying? Oh, 100%. I, I, be, I believed when we went down 3-2 to two to the Yankees, I believed we were going to win the series the second that we landed in Houston. It just was like a, a switch turned, and everyone was like, you know what? Because of what they said or just that we're time? At home. Uh, I think because of what they said, but also, hey, we're at home. We got the fans behind us. We're good. We got we got Verlander throwing. Yep. That helps. That helps. And you know what? We don't lose at home. We don't lose here. And we're going to we're going to we're going to win here and uh we're going to bring the city what it deserved, and that's what we did. One sentence, Brian McCann. I know you guys are close. Give me, give me a little description. He's just super goofy, right? I said Yuli. I said Yuli was the best teammate ever. McCann is right there. McCann's the best dude ever. He's hilarious, funniest guy in the world. You know that guy. That guy was going through a lot during the World Series just to be able to play every day, and he yeah. was grinding for us. And he's, every he'll, spend, he'll spend some coin and take you guys out to eat too. Oh, wherever we want. Yeah. Show, he calls it a show dinner for the boys. <laughs> show dinner on the road for the boys. Wherever we want to go eat, he's getting us, taking all the rooks out and taking care of us. He's the best. Hey, Alex, we, we got to get out of here. Thanks a lot for coming in. It's very important for these guys to see you guys. Uh, so it's a, a special night for us here at Astral Line. So thanks for coming in. Thank you. Come get some Pluckers wings here at Pluckers. It's awesome stuff. All right, I want to thank a few people. Lauren Blackwell, the in-game host for the Astros. Danny Ferris, the social media manager for the Houston Astros. And, of course, Bob Elliott back in the studio, who's a fantastic engineer, and he's been doing this for a long time and a great job. And Matt Boltz, who does things on a nightly basis, gets things done for the Astros, and he's a great partner along with Robert Ford and myself. Next Astro Line will be one week from tonight. It's Thursday, January 25th. We certainly appreciate you guys for listening in. So use the hashtag AshleLine on social media to participate the next time through. I'm Steve Sparks. It's my pleasure to have been with you here on the Astros Radio Network. Astroline. You've been listening to Sports Talk 790 AstroLine, the Astros' official off-season show, presented by Carbock Brewing Company. AstroLine. Hear your world champion Houston Astros go for the repeat on Sports Talk 790, home of the Strohs. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best 
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.